Welcome to Everything's Not Black and White with your hosts, Lala and Brian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We are going to be talking about COVID-19, the mask mandate, and what does that mean for people who may have a chronic illness or be immunocompromised? So let's talk a little bit about the mandate, right? So we are in Columbus, Ohio. So not only has our mayor made our city uh, have a mandate that requires masks when you're out in public or inside a building, uh, unless you're eating, actively eating and drinking or actively extenuous exercise. But now our governor also has made that a statewide mandate. And I'm sure if you've been following the news at all, you know that there is a lot of opposition, people who are anti-maskers and who do not believe that it is something that can be enforceable by law to wear a mask. So I want to talk a little bit about that today, but then also um, have a conversation with Brian about his illness that he has and why wearing a mask is so important. So Brian, for those folks who have not listened to our previous broadcast, can you tell them a little bit about your history and your journey? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I have been diagnosed with uh, an incurable form of blood cancer called non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I've been dealing with it, I'm approaching five years now, and I have relapsed uh, approximately three times. I've almost died twice in the process. Uh, It's been a real challenge, but in that process, one thing I have had to learn to deal with is being immunocompromised because the cancer treatment, the chemotherapy that I received really wipes out your white blood cells. And why is this important during COVID-19 is well, because I cannot, I can't bite off a common cough, let alone something like COVID-19. To give an example, I had a uh, cough that lasted almost three months. And I, I, I went on a college tour with my daughter. I didn't want to miss this tour. Like I've been totally looking forward to this event with her. It's like our little father daughter bonding time this was in the spring last year it was 2019 2019 2019. so we went down into southern georgia and into florida visited fsu savannah college of art and design you know ringling college of art and design a couple of those colleges yes so you took you took midwest me down into the southern states where it's really hot and warm and i got a cough that i've been trying to get rid of for months and to let you know a simple cough how bad does a simple cough get now, I'm going to give you an example. This is a kind of funny story, hindsight. But while we were in Florida, I was watching TikTok. And if you don't know what TikTok is, Google it. It's Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is his obsession, yeah. y'all. It is I'm, absolutely his obsession. I'm addicted to it. But this is how severe being immunocompromised can be. As I was watching a TikTok video, one of them cracked me up. And before I got a chance to take a breath, I started laughing. And the next thing I know is my daughter is trying to wake me up because I passed out coughing on the ground. Now this, this cough is a common cough that I had for, for three months and you can't get rid of it. And why is this important with COVID-19? Because there's 10 million people plus in this country that are immunocompromised Mm -hmm. and that's women, men, children. It's, it's all across the board. And for those who don't want to wear a mask, it makes it extremely challenging for individuals like me and all my fellow immunocompromised, uh, friends out there that it makes it extremely challenging to get through just a simple trip to a store or or going to an event and having someone cough or sneeze and 
your awareness is is on peak. You hear everything, you mm-hmm. see everything, and you try to constantly move yourself from those environments. Yeah, I mean, there was one time, even pre-COVID, you were at a Columbus Blue Jackets hockey game, and you were there, and some people around you started coughing, and you actually left after the first period because you didn't want to be around people who were basically coughing over your head, and you knew you were very susceptible to anything. When I was sick, I took the onus on me. Okay, I'm the one with the illness. I'm the one who's going to remove myself from situations. So when I bought that ticket for that Blue Jackets game, I bought a middle seat so no one would be by me. I bought front row the upper level so there'd be nobody in front of me. So the only person that I would probably have any type of interaction with would be anybody who would be behind me. And it just so happens the guy behind me had a cough and he consistently coughed. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I literally, I left at the first period of the game. I said, I'm not, it's not worth yeah. watching this game. So I, I dropped 50 or 60 bucks for that game. And I sat there, I had one beer and left. Yeah. I took the onus on myself and I left. But here's the, here's the challenge for today is people don't want to take the onus for anybody. Every, yeah. Everybody wants to be all divided and take sides. When, you, when you're taking uh, the steps to put on a mask, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it to protect others. Yeah. So I think it's so interesting to me because there's so much science and there's a lot of science out there and people have shown graphics even of how if two people are talking, one has a mask, the the particles that fly versus two having a mask and then even two being six feet apart, how much more that protects people. And so the science is there, the graphs are there, but people have still chosen to make this an extremely political issue a constitutional amendment my rights are being violated issue why do you think we've gotten to that point that people seem to not want to uh, even appreciate or acknowledge the science of it and they've made it political i think everything's got to be political nowadays unfortunately but it it really it really shouldn't be and honestly it's probably costing people life their lives i think it starts with leadership in our country and there is a severe lack there of it right now. As you can see, our, our president just now has decided six months after the fact that it's a good time to, well, maybe we should start wearing masks. Yeah. You know, where was that Where was that leadership six months ago? Maybe we wouldn't be in this uh, situation. Yeah. I, for me personally, it starts with leadership, starting from, the, from POTUS right down to your governors, to your mayors, to, to your local officials. Yep. And they all got to get on the same page. Yeah, I think that was um, very evident, especially here in Ohio. We had Dr. Amy Acton, who was the right hand of Governor DeWine through the early parts of the virus. And it looked like at one point we were doing really good to kind of flatten that curve um, as people was kind of giving us that, that acknowledgement. Yeah, we, we got national recognition. Yeah, for that. absolutely. And then the unfortunate thing is even Dr. Acton's advice became a political uh, subject and there were a lot of uh, people in the Ohio legislature who were going after her and then even citizens were showing up at her house and her yard and basically making her and her family very uncomfortable in the center of this to the point where she resigned her position and it to me I think that is very ugly for anyone to show up at anyone's house if you are a public fish you can go to a courthouse or you can go to a public place but when you go to someone's house you're crossing the line and I think that's that's very much what happened and honestly after she left we saw things very much take a turn for the worse in Ohio 
Um, so there's a devastating part to me that we could have been farther along and even still being, you know, a shining example and role model for the rest of our country. And now we're in as much trouble as some of these other states like Florida and Texas and California. It's getting really bad. And we're old enough to understand a time when seatbelts were implemented. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was a big bag last year. You know, it's our, it's, you know, we're, we're the ones driving. We're the ones taking a risk and blah, blah, blah. And I remember all the pushback from that. And that was during our teenage years, if I yeah, remember correctly. That's right. So we were just starting to drive ourselves. It takes time and it takes a moment for adjustment. I think I made a post on, uh, on my Facebook page the other day, I said uh, getting people to wear a mask is like trying to teach a teenage boy he needs to start wearing deodorant. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a perfect example. You're not, they're not taking your rights away. They're not, they're not, you can say all that and you can, you can paint this picture and portray it that way. Mm-hmm. They're trying to protect people. Yeah. Stop, you, people have got to stop with this political argument on it. Yeah. I think that I love that you brought up the fact about the seatbelts because that was something, you know, that started kind of being talked about in the seventies and became fully implemented in the eighties. And I think about nine 11 being the same way. Right. So until, uh, nine 11 happened, TSA wasn't in existence. Mm -hmm. Now it's a part of our everyday lives. And, and I don't ever see a future without TSA being at the airports and, and trying to help provide that kind of safety and security for, um, all travelers. So I see this as another one of those steps that this is becoming the new normal and something that we're going to have to adjust to because it's a bigger thing. It's not about individual safety. It's about collective safety. And that's how people should look at it. And and it is a mindset because when I first got sick, I had to start wearing masks. And my wife can tell you, I was not a big fan of wearing masks because I thought I I was fine. I don't need it. But let me tell you what, after my my last treatment, my CAR T-cell treatment, when my uh, system was completely immunocompromised, there was an awakening because I spent four different occasions. I spent, I think, three to four days in the hospital uh, from a common influenza uh, virus that I kept continually getting until my white blood cells got up to the count. But guess what? I wear a mask all the time now. It is not hesitant. And the cool thing about it now is there's all kinds of fashionable masks out there. Yes. Three or four years ago, I just had the plain white medical mask. I mean, now I can get my sports team and everything else. So those people that are having these complaints, I mean, you you really got it easy. Yeah. Compared to what it was just even three or four years ago. Yeah. And I think it really just is about um, thinking selflessly and not selfishly um just how to help people get through this time and there's a lot of scary um situations happening people of all ages who are contracting covid and dying and it's really a very sad and scary place that it's not discriminating against age and honestly it actually is hitting the black community a lot harder um right now and because we don't have access in a lot of places in the city to medical care and because of the way people have long working hours usually in um, low income uh, jobs that they don't have the flexibility ability or even transportation at times to go get the medical care that they need so COVID is really in a devastating in a lot of ways that's really hurting the black community so we definitely want people to be more aware that it's not just them and not yourself that you need to worry about it's everyone else too Everyone else. That's right. That's right. They say even if even if you wear your mask, 
the argument is that, well, the virus is so small, it still comes through it. Well, studies are still showing, I believe the last numbers I've seen are about, it's got about a 63% effectiveness rate, which I would much rather have that 63% yeah. uh, effectiveness applied towards me to help me and to help others than to not have nothing. Absolutely. Uh, the, this argument that uh, this stuff doesn't, the, you know, these masks don't work at all is, is ridiculous. There are people that go out that use uh, sexual protection, condoms, et cetera. Those, they always say they're not 100% effective, but yet right. you go out and use them. You're not giving that same argument because it's self-serving. Right. You're not serving others. You're not protecting others. You're self-serving yourself because you, you right. have your own things that you want to get done. And if people have that mindset, I want to serve others, and they put that mask on, they, they do a lot better in this country at being a part of creating a better system with a better opportunity with getting this thing over with so we can get back to our sports so we can get back to the bars we can get back to the restaurants yes and i think we can definitely get back to those things but we're still gonna have to be smart in how we do it you know i i think there was a story that came out uh last week that i was absolutely appalling to me um but you see a lot of the the memes and videos of people who are argumentative and confrontational to these stores and, you know, security guards to kind of keep them saying, hey, sorry, we can't let you in if you don't wear a mask. And there was actually a story um, about a woman in California uh, near the San Francisco area that was in a Verizon store. And she was so angry by them asking her to wear a mask that she actually pulled her pants down and urinated on the floor of the store. And I was absolutely like shock. And I think a lot of times people think some things just don't shock me, but I'm just, I have no idea why somebody telling you, you have to wear a mask coming to store, how that would equate to you pulling your pants down and urinating on the floor of a store. I, I think it's just this age of, of misinformation and having leadership that's constantly claiming misinformation and fake news. People don't know what to believe and they get triggered when it's not in alignment with how they think and that's this is where leadership on all levels have to get on the same page if you look at other countries they're getting to a place uh, i think it was somewhere in europe they're they were doing a soccer game like not spacing not not uh social distancing they were it was looked like a full-fledged soccer game so they're they're well ahead of where we're at yeah so there's there's got to be some collectiveness here Yeah. And so my fear, however, is that um, we're 100 days and and dwindling from the next election, which is going to be a very uh, big turning point in the United States of American history right now um, because of where things are. So I really hope that people are going to start trying to find some level of unity and understanding because we've been missing that a lot and it's been so much pitting people against people families against families over some of the things that I feel like make no sense at all so I'm really hopeful that people will start to see how much that this is affecting everyone and that they will rise to the occasion and do the right thing yeah I agree and as we end the show here I want to remind everybody when next when you go out and you got to take that mask and and you're like Ugh, you know i got to put this stupid thing on don't don't think about yourself i want you to think about the elderly lady uh who is immune compromised i want you to think about me i'm only in my 40s i'm immune compromised there's a child who probably has a, a, an immune uh, autoimmune deficiency who's also immune compromised think about those people those people are going to have a tremendously 
tough time fighting off this virus. And that's not to mention the people that are perfectly fine and they are struggling with it. Uh, these are healthy people, yeah. young to old. Yeah. And we have to stop thinking about ourselves and think about others as we move forward. Yeah, it was called the United States of America, not the divided states of America. So I really hope that we as a country can come together and really figure out a way to find some harmony in how we live and how we accept each other and the differences that make us up. So um, thank you for those of you who are wearing your masks and really trying to protect other people in society. It means a lot, especially to me and my family, knowing that my husband uh, needs it for his absolute survival. And so we, we really appreciate those of you who are doing it. And if you are one of the folks who feel like you're an anti-masker, listen to this show. I hope that you would reconsider and really talk to people who have immunocompromised um, bodies and really learn how you can be selfless and help them. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can reach out to us at embwpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd also love if you'd follow us on our Facebook page at Everything's Not Black and White. That would be tremendous. Like and share. Uh, we're always looking for uh, more supporters. We're almost to 1,000 likes. So Woo! we are looking to climb over that hurdle. And, and with that, we'll leave this show right where it sits. Yes. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. Have all a right. great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>